Welcome back to Cinema Puradiso, the good, bad, and ugly podcast. You look fantastic, though. I really like your hair. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, PJ Bayo. Yes, you are. And back in the studio with me is uh, Maureen Davis of Maureen and the Mercury Five. You can't keep me away. <laughs> yeah. So what are you up to, Maureen? Um... Doing a lot of work with the Ultimate Jam Night at the Whiskey A Go Go. It's like all these rock and roll supergroups, whoever's in town from tour, and they put them together. And um, we're getting ready for the Motley Crue tribute show on the the soundtrack of Dirt, that fantastic movie about oh, yeah. Six and Tommy Lee. And I watched Dirt. Did you watch Dirt? I watched Dirt. It took me a few minutes. Um, I did my dishes while I watched Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt is the uh, the Motley Crue movie. That's on Netflix. It's a biopic about Motley Crue. Yes. Um, but there was a fun fact. The guy that plays Tommy Lee in the movie actually sang on a Motley Crue song, right? He was a rapper. Oh, Machine Gun Kelly. He Mach- plays Tommy Lee. He in, plays in the Tommy movie. Lee. And yes. he and he guest starred on Motley Crue's record. So I thought that was kind of cool casting. Yeah, the 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 soundtrack for the dirt, they recorded four new songs. Yeah. And one is called The Dirt. And uh, Machine Gun Kelly, who's a white rapper, he is raps on on the song. He's a good actor. Yeah, though. he is I a like good him. actor. What was that? He was in. He was, was in Bird Box. Yeah, he's kind of cool. He's kind of sweet in that. And uh, he was on that that short lived show Roadies on Showtime. I liked it. Roadies. Yes. Yeah, I liked it too, but uh, no one else did. <laughs> <laughs> and so, did you did you like the dirt? You know. Honestly, I found a, some of the lines a little bit cliche for rock and roll people that cool because I regularly work with Chuck Wright from Quiet Riot and I sing backups for Dee Snider and Dokken. So I know these people and I know how they talk. So I, I would listen to a few of these lines and go, oh, they would never say that. That person would never say that. You know, that's not how they talk. It, you could tell a writer wrote a line and the actor tried to make it work. Um but sometimes it really did work. And I talked to Chuck, and he said a lot of those things really did happen. He said, you know, he was there. He was there right alongside them when, when he was in Quiet Riot. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. So, um, now it's one of those movies, like I said, I watched it while I was doing the dishes because I was kind of afraid. I was kind of dreading it. I think it's, it's oh, what's on? It's that movie. It's the, okay, I'm going to watch it when I have time. But again, since my life is spent in rock and roll, I was highly curious mm-hmm. and excited about it. Oh, I was too. And um, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's part of our it's it's part of our culture. So it was it was required watching for our culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, what we're going to do today is uh, some poo reviews. Or I used to call them poovy reviews. What do you like? Poovy reviews or poo reviews? I like poovy because it sounds like movie. Okay. So we're going to do some poovy reviews. <laughs> All right. So the first poovy review is Among the Shadows starring Lindsay Lohan. Oh, what went wrong with her life? She was such a cute kid. And I even liked her in Mean Girls. Drugs. I don't know. And and her even her face work looks good. Like the, her first plastic surgeries looked really really bad. But how, now How old is she that she needs plastic surgery? It's just yeah, she got it way too young, I think. But now she's like her face is going back to normal. 
or she got somebody to correct it. And, um, you know, she's actually a beautiful woman. She's still like, and you, you would want from the intense photographs to think that her acting would match the intensity of the photographs. But she just sounds like a valley girl to me. She makes me crazy. I'm so disappointed in you, Lindsay. I will give you voice lessons. Was she ever a good actress? No, she was good in Mean Girls. She was good as a teenager, I think. Yeah, I agree. She was, but not. And she's good as a little kid. Yeah. But she just she like says her lines so fast. We've got these like fantastic. Who's the? There's a British actress in the movie. Uh yes, uh, Charlotte Beckett. Yeah, you know, so Charlotte's (laughs) like, so you think the vampires and the werewolves are at war? You know, she's very classy and she's very intense. And then Lindsay's going. Yes, I think I do. And, like, my <laughs> husband, you know, he, this is what he would want. Okay, so, you know, like, help us. Right. <laughs> you know, well, just... <laughs> let's let's give uh, the people a little rundown on the movie. Among the Shadows is a underworld ripoff. A <laughs> little bit. It's like underworld light. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, the near future. There's now a world government. And there are werewolves and vampires fighting each other no way and hiding in plain sight Uh, oh dear god Um, and and in this case uh the president of of the federation is a werewolf and his wife is a vampire and and uh is played by Lindsay lohan i didn't know vampires and werewolves could be together yeah that's intense man so this movie is really long and boring. It's only 90 minutes, but it seems like three hours. Is there any eye candy at all? No. The British lady's kind of pretty. Oh. And Lindsay Lohan's husband is handsome, so there's a little bit of eye candy. Is there any good cinematography? Tell me there's like there's some good smoky scenes. Tell me there's purple lighting. Tell me, no, you know. No, no. And, and, and the whole thing, well, the fact like, you know, Underworld is actually pretty exciting. Yeah, about that the was war super between cool. werewolves and vampires, and this—the plot of this movie is strictly political. It's got to do with uh, there's a group of like rebellious werewolves that are trying to overthrow the presidency, and, it, and yeah, it's just very political and dry and boring. And uh, and Charlotte Beckett plays a werewolf private investigator. And her last name is Wolf. Wow. With an E. Wow. Yeah. That's Didn't they do that? Brilliant. What was that fairy tale TV show? <clears throat> Which one? The one that the with um, Snow White, Snow White, and Prince Charming were the head. of Oh, it. Once Upon a Time. Yeah, so that's kind of like in Once Upon a Time. Like they all had like Jiminy Cricket was a psychiatrist and. Like they actually, they actually had names like Wolf and. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's true, but the thing is, the werewolves in this movie don't look like wolves. The only thing that ever happens to them is their eyes glow and they get fangs. Which and, is a and, vampire, and then they not growl. a werewolf. So don't they? I mean, they don't get hair, and they, their bodies don't turn. No, and they don't get. There's apparently not enough money for that. So they're like, ah, you know, we'll just make their eyes glow and we'll give them sharp teeth. And they'll bite And, and they'll growl and they'll so scratch they'll... people. And yeah, okay, he's a wolf. Well, do you think that's... <laughs> okay, okay. And then the vampires, they don't have fangs. At all? No. What do they do? 
They just bite. As far as I know, Lindsay Lohan's the only vampire in the movie. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Well, but okay, okay, really. And, and, and it was—it's not an American-made film. It was—it was shot in in Brussels. Well, there's your France. problem. It's Belgium. And I think I think that's it's not even France. It's oh, Belgium. Okay, so I, I don't—I'm not good at geography. Brussels, Belgium, waffles, but, but chocolate. It, doesn't Lindsay Lohan live in France? Isn't she like running a hotel somewhere? God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But 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 do you think that werewolves and vampires have evolved in such a way that maybe their human characteristics have overridden their animal characteristics? So if werewolves exist right now, do you think perhaps they've been perfected? What do you mean? Where they've gotten to a point where they can control how far they can change? Yeah, that they don't so go. Like, they don't know? go all doggy. So you know, we don't. They don't have go to puppy to, land. We don't have to go full wolf. Let's yeah. just do glowing eyes and sharp teeth. Maybe that's what werewolves look like right now, because they maybe they do exist in our world well, right now. Well, you know, that's, that's if, if I'm watching a werewolf movie, I, that's not what I want to see. You want to see more? I, I want. I want to see full wolf. <laughs> it's like full Monty. <laughs> I want to see full wolfie. Why does that sound dirty? Oh. It sounds dirty to me. So, <laughs> full frontal wolf. Yeah, but, I mean, Charlotte Beckett gives a good performance. She's like the poor man's Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, well, in fact, she looks a lot like Kate Beckinsale. I mean, the only thing and I've ever... sounds like her. The only thing I've ever seen her in was the second season of Penny Dreadful, in which she played a witch, okay. which was the only good season of Penny Dreadful, and there was only three. Okay. But, uh... Well, let's get back to Lindsay, though. Okay, so Lindsay, um, like, maybe she wasn't showing up for rehearsals and just phoning in and saying, okay, we're done. Okay, take that one. You know, this is this is on the director. This is now on the writers and the directors because you and I have both acted. We know when things are good or bad. We know when things work or don't work. I was in a movie called The Ghosts of Edendale, okay? Yes. It actually did very well. It was very cool on the on the small scene. And um, I played this woman's uh, sister, her shorter, older sister. <laughs> and I was like, my name was Rose. And I was always dressed in red and I had red hair. And I was like, happiness and flowers and colors, right? And the director gave me line readings. And I kind of went, ah, oh, I don't feel comfortable saying it that way. May I say it my own way? And then look at the takes and choose what you like better. And he was super cool that way. And you want a director who's going to do that. You want a director who's going to say, yes, what can you bring to the character? Not, here's your line reading and do it. So maybe she had a bad director. Maybe she read the lines poorly because her director spoke Belgian, which is Flemish, <laughs> right? He just didn't speak good English. He's like, yes, I, it is what I think it means and go. You know, which is my Russian accent. I should, I, the Belgian accent would be a little more French. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, so, I, so Ms. Lohan, I I think you should do this way, you know. Well, the director's name is Tiago Mosquita. Oh, Tiago. Uh, he produced a Steven Seagal movie. Hard to watch. <laughs> Gunshot <laughs> Straight. Okay, so that's so already <laughs> we know he works with bad actors and makes bad movies. And makes bad movies. <laughs> Somebody gives him money, so they're either vanity projects or um, 
it's his own money and then he just hires the actors and the actors just do it for the money well this movie is set up to be a franchise oh god no because uh, yeah the end of it which I will not give away if people decide to watch this movie which I highly do not recommend do not watch this movie does Lindsay die or is she going to keep coming back no she doesn't die oh my god but so so we haven't ruined the ending yet but we see she knows that her okay so the thing is, her husband is getting death threats, and so she hires the wolf detective <laughs> to try and find out. Her husband's who, getting death threats because she's such a bad actress. Who's trying to kill kill her Hi, husband? We're gonna so, kill your husband unless you shut the fuck up. So there's a reveal <laughs> at the end. There's a twist, which is predictable. It's not fully resolved. Okay. So therefore, there is going to be an Among the Shadows too. I like to call these okay. You know what you know what I like to call these. I like to call these flu movies, fluvies. Fluvies. <laughs> when you got the flu, you have to watch something, and you can't be afraid to fall asleep while you're watching it. There's no guilt, so this would be a fluvie. I would put this on my on my list of fluvies. Yeah, this would be more on your list of uh, cure for insomnia. So not even it a would put you to sleep. Well, good. Then it's like it's I said, good it's with, um, ninety minutes. That seems like three hours. This is Nyquil and chill. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Nyquil and chill. Yeah, and I think that's all we've got to say about Among the Shadows. <laughs> Poor Lindsay. All right, our next poovy are the Amityville Murders. Why? <laughs> so Marina's just watched two trailers, and what's your take on on uh, what you saw in those trailers? Well, I think that was Paul Ben Victor, who I personally met, who's a friend of a friend, um, acting as the father mm-hmm. of the guy who ends up murdering everybody. Um, you know, it did look interesting to me. I love true stuff. I love going to the horror movie and saying, oh my God, that stuff really happened. What's the real story of that? You know? Mm-hmm. How terrifying was it really? You know, and why didn't they leave? I'm sorry, if shit starts happening in my house, I leave. I used to live at the Gaylord on Wilshire, and it was across from the old um, hotel where the, uh, Robert Kennedy was shot. They turned it into a high school, and now it's just a park because the family went, we don't want anybody there anymore. That whole area is haunted. The Gaylord um, Hotel is haunted. I started on the ninth floor and then had to move to the third floor because my apartment was so haunted. I felt like there were ghosts watching me. I couldn't throw out my garbage at night. And people, we would see things in the hall, especially down by the laundry room. So I've lived in haunted places. And that wasn't the first haunted place I lived. I moved. As soon as I knew apartment nine was haunted, I went to my manager and I said, get me out of here. Get me to a different apartment that might not be haunted. You go. Why do you stay? Those people were dumb. Seriously. All right. <laughs> Would you stay? Uh, probably, because I like that stuff. But um, You would stay in a haunted <clears throat> house? Yeah. Would you talk to the ghosts? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's what the ghosts want, right? They want to communicate. That's why they're there. They don't want to be ignored. Well, I mean, would you have a ceremony would you reach out to them and say oh, no. hey what do you want no I wouldn't do anything to open any doors 
Well, how, <laughs> but, well, but anyway, <laughs> let's not get too off track. The Amityville Murders is, is about the DeFeo family, who is the family that was murdered in the infamous house in Amityville before the Lutzes moved in, before the Amityville Horror, there were the Amityville Murders. And now, basically, this movie, I believe, is a remake of Amityville, The Possession, which was the first sequel to the Amityville Horror from the 70s. Amityville Possession, I think, was like 81, 82, something like that. Did this bring us any new information, though? I mean, where, why don't we have fresh ideas? Why are we recycling movies? Why, why are we doing remakes? I mean, is it because of the digital era? Is it because we have new CG effects? Or could well, we just no, it's because because Hollywood feels originally. that they've run out of ideas, and so they're going back to old ideas, to movies that were successful at one time, hoping to bank on that success once more. With a new generation. With a new generation, with a new take on the movie. And most remakes these days, they are, they're all bad. They all suck. They all tank. Now, the original Amityville The Possession, I wouldn't say it was a great movie, but it was better than, than the Amityville Murders. And uh, Amityville Possession, it starred Burt Young as the dad and Diane Franklin as the oldest, oldest daughter. Now, Diane Franklin returns... Wait, who was the dad? Wasn't that pa- Paul, Paul Ben Victor? Paul Young. I mean, no, it's not Paul, Paul Ben Young. Victor. Paul not Ben pa- Victor. Paul Ben Victor is the dad in the Amityville Murders. Right, okay. In the original Amityville, The Possession, it was Burt Young. Oh. I was saying Paul Young, but I think yeah. he was like a pop star from the 80s. <laughs> All right, I got a question Young. for you. I know that you travel around to haunted houses and stuff like that. And yes. And scenes and places where movies were made. Did you not go to the Amityville house? I did. What happened? I went last summer. What happened? I took pictures of it. Could you go up to it? Uh, there's signs all over saying no trespassing and Do you think people do? And and from my and there's like no parking like right around there. Uh no parking signs all over the place. Does anybody live there? Yeah, there's a family lives there. Why? <laughs> Why? Well, okay, can I tell you I'll tell you this story. I met Jay Anson's son. Jay Anson wrote The Amityville Horror. Okay. Jay Anson's son was working as a producer in Hollywood, and I was on a job that he was on or something. I don't quite remember what it was. It might have been at a party. But I love that book. I, Amityville Horror scared the hell out of me. It's one of my favorite horror novels. And I believed everything in that book. And I met Jay Anson's son, and he told me that his father exaggerated much of what's in that book. So he took whatever the Lutzes told him and blew it up ten times. To exaggerated. make it interesting. Yeah. Um, so, but we've watched it, interviews of the Lutzes. Yeah. And they were, the woman like whispers like she can't even talk. She can't even talk in a normal volume. Well, there's also, there's a documentary with one of the kids, one of the Lutz kids and how it affected him and changed and ruined his life but (laughs) but getting back to the movie all right so this updated version now has diane franklin playing the mother and burt young is in the movie as well he he plays like uh 
the mafia uncle of as one does of, <laughs> of Paul Ben Victor, who's playing, yeah. who's now playing the dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, the movie's not bad. It doesn't give us anything new. It, 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 so it's a if you guys, if you don't know the DeFeo family, uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. murdered his family in their sleep, and then sometime later the Lutz has moved in and and then stayed for twenty eight days and then ran because the place was haunted. Did he? So did he die? So he, he claims to... that no, he's still alive. He's in jail. Oh my god. Uh, so he claims that he heard voices. The voices in his head told him to kill his family. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So in the movie Amityville Murders, what it does is like sets up different scenarios of possibly what could have happened. You know, uh, we don't get to pay off until the end. But you know, one. So this is speculation based on interviews with DeFeo. Hmm. What people think happened. Okay. So, I mean, it's not set up. It's set up as a documentary or anything like that. It's it's a movie. It's a linear movie, but during the course of the movie, leading up to the murders, we see different things of what maybe motivated Ron DeFeo Jr. to kill his family. Okay. One is that he was a heroin addict. He was a heroin addict, and, and perhaps it was a bad trip. Picked up a rifle and, and shot everybody. Another thing is his father was very abusive to him. So it could have been that, that he got pushed, dad, pushed too Don't far and killed everybody. Bastard. And uh, another thing is that... He had incest with his sister. They think, well, this movie doesn't focus on that. Now, Amityville's possession very, very much focused on an incestual relationship between the older daughter and and Ron Jr. That would drive you to this. Kill this one Bill just would, like I'm going to destroy the evidence, so I'm going to kill everybody. But this this movie just shows how close they were, and that they were messing around with the occult. Uh, they were going in the basement and then playing with Ouija boards and stuff like that, which may have awoken everything. So in the, in the end, well, I'm not going to say what the end is, but you guys, if you know anything about the story, you know what the end is. People die. <laughs> People die. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. And but, one guy goes to jail. But it's, it's you know, it's just, eh. Amityville, The Possession is a far better movie than The Amityville Murders. I mean, here's, and, here's my feeling. As I said in the beginning... Unless you're going to improve upon it because of special effects or new ways of filming or enhancing or colorizing, unless technology is going to be enhanced or new information is being presented, why are you doing a remake? Because that's just pissing me off. Well, it also it might not be a remake. It also just might be a new adaptation. A new take on it, but the reason why I think it's a remake is because you've got two cast members from the original movie in this one being Diane Franklin, who, by the way, she was a pretty good actress in the 80s. I don't know what happened now. She's terrible in this movie. And Burt Young. 
Who's very it old. Just, it sounds like people needed money and well, Comic-Con is, needed something else to mock. Which is another thing, too, but because in Amityville's Possession, they didn't use the DeFeo name. They used a different name. I think it was like DeMarco or something like that. So in this movie, they actually used the DeFeos. And the character that Burt Young, Burt Young plays in this movie is Ronald DeFeo Sr.'s uncle, who was a mafia boss. Which, And, and there's, a, there's a, a scene where some money is missing in the house and it's mob money that's missing. So another thing that may have suggested what the murders were were a mob hit. Could have so, possibly been a mob hit. But. And they maybe they uh, they made him take drugs and they told him to uh, to hit <laughs> hit his family. Yeah, it could be. Could be. It you could. know? We yeah. know you're a heroin addict, you know, we'll supply you with heroin for life. Just take your family out. Take your family out, we'll give you heroin for life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you won't go to jail. <laughs> Nobody goes to jail. <laughs> Sorry. Psych. So aside from Diane Franklin, there's not really any bad performances. Uh, the guy who plays uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. is, uh, what's his name, Josh Robinson. He was in Lords of Dogtown. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he's not, he, he gives a pretty good performance. Now, the director was Daniel Farrens. Who is? He directed the Halloween sequel that ended the franchise the first time, which was Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Which you hated? Yes, it's it's awful. Why well, I, I hated everything, Except, everything after three, four, five, and six. Didn't Rob ew. Zombie do one of them? Seven and eight. Ew. Did the, Rob, the did Rob, Rob Zombie, Zombie remake? Uck. <laughs> Rob Zombie's Halloween Two Double Uck. Do I get points for knowing that Rob Zombie did a Halloween movie? Yes. Thank you. I get points. But, but uh, the Daniel Farns is really good at making documentaries about the making of horror films. And he's done two that I like a lot. He should stick to that. He did a like a six-hour documentary on Friday the 13th. Wow. Which covers all the movies. It's really good. Yeah, I'd like and, to point out that we're sitting in PJ's um, apartment. And, and in his studio, he has lots of Friday the 13th and Halloween stuff. Yeah. Everywhere. I'm a horror fanatic, a horror movie fanatic. Yeah, you are. You're a horror hound. But a, another uh, documentary he did was Nightmare on Elm Street, an eight-hour documentary on all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed those. So he should probably go back to making those. Yeah, he should just stick to that. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I said, it's just... Eh, it just didn't go very far. Did you get scared though? You just, no, Were you scared? No, I wasn't scared. Moments? It's a horror movie, folks. It's a horror movie. You want to be scared, okay? You can either look at this this movie as a horror film or a true crime drama with mm-hmm. elements of horror in it. There is paranormal activity in the movie, but there's nothing that's really scary, you know. We don't learn anything new. So, <laughs> anything else about Amityville murders? No. No, not really. <laughs> Just, again, Hollywood, please find an original idea. Well, yeah. Yeah. Come on, Hollywood. 
Get with it. <laughs> PJ and I are going to start making movies with all our friends. It will be a purely nepotistic film company, and they will be high quality, and they won't have any of the problems of any of the movies <laughs> that we watch, because if they did, then we would be um, hypocrites. <laughs> Actually, they will. They'll be cheap and schlocky. And, but we'll and, know that they're cheap and schlocky because yeah, we meant to right. do it. And they'll be on somebody's bad movie podcast, but not mine. It's going to be, <laughs> you know, we should just call the film company, I meant to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next movie we're going to review is Between Worlds, starring Nicolas Cage. And, wait, I have to say it right, Franca Portante. I think that's how you say it. Her mother was Hildegard and her father was Dieter. She was raised in Germany. Yes. She was in Run, Lola, Run and uh, a couple of the Bourne movies. Bourne to... Bourne Identity. Oh, Jason Bourne. No, yeah. what? Yeah, Jason Bourne. Oh, okay. When, when... In this industry... <laughs> When you say born movie, it's automatically assumed that you're saying Jason Bourne. However, however, saying the Jason. However, fun <laughs> fact that you might not know: my song "Louder, Louder" from the 2007 release "The Flutterbys," the eponymous "The Flutterbys," yeah, <laughs> featuring Maureen Davis, um, was used in a race scene with who's the guy that played. Superman's father in the TV series. The young guy, blonde. He, he, oh, from Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. John Schneider. Okay, John Schneider was in a movie with a bunch of soap opera stars and other people, and it's called Born to Race. And, and I was not only in Born to Race, one, Louder, Louder, my song in the racing scene, um, but Born to Race, two, my song Mr. Love Love was in a diner scene. Just saying. So when you said born, I was thinking, oh, born to race? I know those movies. No. Okay, so not my movies. <laughs> no, sorry. But you should watch those because they might be good, bad, ugly movies. All right, we'll see. Yeah. There's there's a lot out there. Okay, so there's Franca Portante. Fra right. Franca. <clears throat> so Between Worlds is uh, Nicolas Cage plays a down-on-his-luck truck driver who uh, rescues this woman who's being strangled in a truck stop bathroom and uh, and then finds out that this woman's daughter was in a motorcycle accident and is in a coma and she needs to get to the hospital so he takes her to the hospital and it turns out that this woman could astral project uh, when she's on the brink of death and her daughter is a just passed away in the hospital so she gets Nicolas Cage to strangle her to get her to the point of death so that she could leave her body and stop her daughter from leaving the world and get her daughter back in her daughter's body <laughs> which we think she is successful and a little backstory on uh, Nicolas Cage's character is he lost his wife and daughter to fire now, before you go any further, how much, how deep are you going to go into the story? Not too deep. How much are you going to give away to our listeners? Well, I'm going to give away uh, that 
uh, okay, so she's successful in bringing her daughter back, only it's not her daughter she brings back. She brings back Nicolas Cage's dead wife. And that's all we're going to say. We shouldn't say any more than and that. And hilarity cause... ensues. <laughs> hilarity for us as we're watching it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, Nicolas Cage, I mean, I loved Valley Girl. He was. I think something mm-hmm. happened to him. Something happened to him when he turned 30, and he just all of a sudden became a bad actor. Okay, but he nah. was okay in Peggy Sue. It depends. Two of my favorite movies, Peggy Sue Got Married and Valley Girl. Two of my favorites, and he was okay in those. So. I even may have had a crush on him in Nicolas Cage has, like, multiple facets of acting. I mean, he could do straightforward, good acting. He could do comedic acting. Yeah. And he could do bad acting. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> And he could do weird, twisted, crazy, off the wall. Okay, what was the, okay, what was the, what was the movie? What was the movie where he was on a motorcycle and he's on fire? Oh, that's Ghost Rider. So wasn't he okay in Ghost Rider? No, because it was that, supposed to be over the top anyway, no, right? It was terrible. Okay, I Ghost Rider is one of my it. favorite superheroes, and Nicolas he Cage ruined it. it. Yeah. He, um. <laughs> oh, Nicholas. But, but just because of that incestuous Coppola thing. <laughs> but in between worlds, I drink couple of wine. Can I have a movie part now? I don't know. I don't know. Who do I have to? But in between drink worlds, getting a movie. Between but... worlds is classic, crazy, off the wall, over the top Nicolas Cage, and that's why you watch this movie. It's like watching a bad car chase on the news, <laughs> or like the worst Lucy episode. Like, you're going, no, don't do it. Okay, so here's what pissed me off about it. As, as an actress, as an actress who has studied, you know, in New York, he was like, he pulled out all the cliches, drinking from the jack bottle and slurring his words and, and, you know, just all the things you're not supposed to do. He made all the easy choices. And, and there was a thing that we used to say in acting class, don't, if you play mood, that spells doom. And so he would play the emotion rather than just being what he was supposed to feel. Didn't you feel that? It was like, oh, now he's sad. Oh, now he's angry. Oh, now he's drunk. Oh, you know, he was just playing what he was told to play instead of just being involved. You know, I thought he was very involved. He was very... He was very involved in watching himself. <laughs> he was, it was, like he had, he had, it's, it's as if he were watching... He had, like, mirrored sunglasses, and the mirrors were pointed at him, <laughs> pointed back at him. Or maybe he had a monitor there. Maybe that was his contract, that he could, like, glance up at the monitor to see how fabulous he was or to see what he looked like with hair again. Um... <laughs> so. really mean. I'm just disappointed. I'm like, no, why? Why, God, why? And it was directed by a woman. Yes. A woman should know better. I do have a big problem with the female director of this movie. I just think that female directors should be better. They know better. I've seen I've seen more bad movies directed by men than I have women. Women I have respect and I go oh man, that's so cool. Only a woman would think of that. And so I'm really disappointed in you, lady director of Between Worlds. 
because it was just it was just cliche. It was just so like what is she like somebody's mom? It's like I'm going to direct this movie because I have a lot of money and I'm going to get big stars and she must be Franca's cousin. Maybe Franca was her exchange student in high school or something. So let's make a movie. I don't know. I'm trying to justify it, but I'm pissed off because I think it was poorly directed and poorly acted or maybe Nicolas Cage would, just wouldn't take direction. The what? women were actually good. The, the everybody everybody but Nicolas Cage was good in this movie. I I disagree. I don't think Nicolas Cage was bad at all. He was hideous. You <laughs> thought he was good because he was good at being over the top. Yeah. I would have liked it if they had taken the movie more seriously. I think that well, everything it's a, was a super supernatural. Cliche. It's a supernatural thriller. I I've seen plenty of supernatural thrillers with good acting. That isn't over the top and cartoony. He was just fucking cartoony. What has this director done? Is she even American? <laughs> Maria Pulera. She's the producer, producer, director, and writer. She wrote the movie? Yes. What has she done? What's her filmography? She's done schlock. <laughs> She's done schlock. She's some college student with money or you, friends with money. You don't know that. I don't know, but I just want to slap her. <laughs> I'm right, disappointed. Right. Well, she hasn't made a movie of note. Because she's... Until now, with Between Worlds, with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. You know, Nicolas Cage does like five movies a year. And he just propels everyone well, to the top. He was originally doing that and doing anything because he had some financial woes. I appreciate that. But from that. I understand, he's gotten back on his feet. But now he has to continue to do five movies a year because he's paying... He needs his, his son's, SAG. No, he's paying his son's child support, from my understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know... Because his son got divorced and can't afford the child support, and so Nicolas Cage is paying that for him. His son's... So he's pay, paying his grandchild's son. Yes. Child support. Yes, he's paying his grandson's child support. Nicolas Cage is a grandpa. And I'm not surprised. <laughs> Um, he's, yeah, he's not even a cool grandpa. No, um, so, all right, all right, all right. So, you know how we coined the phrases ass acres and fluvies? Yeah. This is such a fluvie. It's, it's almost a bronchitis movie. <laughs> it's like beyond fluvie. It's like a pneumonia movie. Pneumonia, man, I can't, I, what would it be? Something, I would have to be really, really sick to watch this. Well, you know, I'm not saying it's a good movie, but it's it's a passable movie. Ugh. I found it entertaining. No. I did. No. <laughs> no. And there's even a twist at the end. Were you watching the sexy scenes? There are sexy scenes in this, so just, you know, be aware. Oh yeah, of that. I should it's a it's an erotic supernatural thriller. <laughs> Whatever. But not that erotic. But <laughs> I've seen more erotic movies on the Czech Fantasy Channel. But if, if you like to if you like to look at Nicolas Cage in bikini briefs, no. What was with his underwear? He had this weird bikini underwear that looked like it was 
like a knot was tied on his penis. <laughs> Wasn't it weird? I didn't even think he was wearing underwear. I just thought he had a wrinkled penis. <laughs> it was weird. Or like really, really big testicles yeah, tied in a knot. That's what it looked like. Well, that's, you Didn't know, it? when you get older. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't wearing your, underwear. Maybe his grandpa testicles. Your testicles drop even further. What would you call that? A gr- granny bag? What would you call that? <laughs> grampy bag. A grampy bag. Your grampy bag. A grampy sack? Get a hold of your grampy <laughs> yeah. sack. That's just wrong. Okay, so what are we you taking just, away from He just thing? filled those bikini briefs with his grampy sack. nothing okay so <laughs> should have called the movie between grampy sacks <laughs> oh no no or grampy sacks world <laughs> oh my god um a down on his luck truck driver <laughs> with a grampy sack <laughs> what do you okay i we need more metaphors for testicles mm-hmm. and um and and sacks what is that ball sacks ball sack <laughs> yeah ball sack isn't, aren't there other words for that? Isn't there a scientific word? Testicles. No, the thing that holds them. Oh, scrotum? Them. Scrotum. <laughs> I love the word it's scrotum. Not, it's not a very pleasant word, scrotum. Scrotum. Between scrotum. Between two scrotums. Be- <laughs> <laughs> scrotum sag. Saggy scrotum. Yeah, it doesn't work. But I do like the word scrotum. Sad scrotum. <laughs> it's sad. Nicholas Cage scrotum. It'd be a good horror movie attack of the scrotum. <laughs> attack of Nicholas Cage is a good horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> the life and times of Nicholas Cage. <laughs> well, my bottom line on Between Worlds is it's fun. No. And and what's your final word on Between Worlds? Fluvy. Fluvy. It's a fluvy. It's, it's a, f- a fluvy. But you're saying it's worth watching. Only watch it when you're sick. Yes. Or maybe horny for the sex scenes. No, really? you know Nick, what? That's no. what Nick, Nicholas Cage and no. his grampy sack. You know, you know what? I take it you? back. I take it back. <laughs> if you... Okay, so, you know, I, I had a friend who used to say when he wanted to get his mind off of sex, he'd think of... Um, Sports and grannies. Sport. He was, he was Australian. Sports and grannies. Sports and grannies. Sports and grannies. And that's how he would get away from thinking about sex. So just think about this movie, and you'll never have sex again. <laughs> it's not that bad, folks. It's really, really bad. Don't see it. It's like the worst movie ever. And I'm ashamed of you, lady director. <laughs> get your shit together. And then that's, go take a class. And that's it for Between Worlds. Blech. So we're gonna try. Something uh, just slightly different. New? Exciting? We're going to review a trailer. Hell yes. Yes. <laughs> We're going to review the trailer for the Joker movie. Starring Joaquin Phoenix, fresh from his Howard Hughes face. Do you remember that face he went through where he like, well, he was, it looked like he wasn't washing. He had all this hair and he was just, he'd slouch. Oh yeah, that's just... when he was doing that, that, um mockumentary with his brother-in-law yeah uh lame. where he was claiming to be a rapper well you know and as a rockabilly <laughs> artist i did enjoy very much enjoy his johnny cash he was great as johnny cash yeah well joaquin phoenix is a good actor yeah so the joker this new joker movie uh 
is not connected in any way to any other movie in the DC Cinematic Universe. It is a character study into why the Joker became the Joker. Right. But he's not the Joker from the Tim Burton Batmans. He's not the Joker from the Christopher Nolan Batman. He's not the Joker from Suicide Squad. And he's not the Joker from <laughs> Batman. Neener, neener, no, neener, no, he's neener, not. Neener, he's neener, not the neener, Joker neener. from Batman sixty six. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So, did you like my neeners? Yeah. I practiced those. That's good. Thank you. Um. So okay. So all right. It sounds like you're a Joker purist. You're a DC Comics purist. Can you entertain the possibility that some of us might enjoy? a character study or a psychological review of this Joker who looks remarkably like the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What's that about? The the Joker look in this movie, Joker, does look like the Heath Ledger Joker from Dark Knight. That bugs the shit out of me a little bit. Is he... Minus the... The mouth scars. Okay, so let me ask you this. I because I'm not remembering all my jokers, although I've seen all the Batman movies. Um any other jokers look like the Heath Ledger Joker? Was that designed for the Batman movies? Or was that just Heath Ledger? That was just Heath Ledger. Okay, so why would the costumer make that choice? Was have you seen the newest Batman comics? Does the Joker look like the Heath Ledger Joker? And so they were honoring that? No, the Joker in a comic book looks like the Joker has always looked. Well, I mean, what's interesting, in the preview they showed Joaquin with longer brown hair, so it would make sense that his hair would look like that. Yeah. So, But it, it did kind of irk me a little bit that it looked like the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, well, it's... It just was... That, that kind of bugged me. If you're going to do a new take on a Joker, then make him look different. Well, from my understanding, this movie's already gone through a lot of reshoots. Well, I mean, he could have done the Cesar Romero, you know, shorter hair Joker. He could have done anything. And in this, in this, in this preview, they even show him with a with a clown mask and a clown nose. And you know, why not? Why not do that? Why not do that? Maybe he's even a copycat murderer, who's not really the Joker. Joker. Well, they're going with the, the Joker origin where he's a failed stand-up comedian. That was the Joker and, origin. Did then, I miss this? It's one of the Joker... There's many Joker origins. That's one, that he was a failed stand-up comedian. And then started... I thought it was more psychological than that. And and in... in, So I don't know exactly what's going on here. From the trailer, all I can tell is that he's an insane sign-twirling clown that gets beat up a lot and gets hit by cars. Who may or may not have an (laughs) incestuous relationship with his mother. In the preview, it shows him bathing his mother. Well, yeah, that's weird. That's weird. That's really weird. And the movie is directed by Todd Phillips. Who's Todd Phillips? Uh, he did all the Hangover movies. I never saw them. <laughs> well, the only good ones are the first two. <laughs> what chick flicks were out while you were watching that and I was watching chick flicks? And I'll tell you what I was watching instead. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't see the Hangover movies. Sorry. But And Robert De Niro is in this movie. He plays a talk show host. Well, and <laughs> yeah, but Robert De Niro has been doing Saturday Night Live, too. 
Well, yeah, I think he just wants true. to be acting. He's just an artist and wants to be acting. I've seen Robert De Niro in plenty of crappy movies lately. So. Oh, that's okay. Well, okay, so we've got Joaquin Phoenix, we've got Robert De Niro, we've got that cool chick from 30-something. Well, Zazie Beetz from Deadpool too, isn't it? Yeah. Who's the lady that plays the mom? You know who I'm talking about. Really good actress. I, I don't she has know. a lot of creepy things. She, she's been doing a lot of horror films, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I love her. I wish we could look her up. We should Google her. We could Google the cast. Should I Google the cast? Sure. Is your Google faster than mine? Oh, maybe. Okay. This is iPhone versus Android. Neener, 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 Joker! Neener, 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 neener. Does he have a song? No. Then that's my song. Neener, 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 Joker. Okay. I got it. Oh, you bastard. It's because iPhones suck. They do not suck. Okay. Zazzy Beats. Zazzy Beats? What is she in? She was in Deadpool 2. Whatever. Oh, that was her. Okay. It's got a cute little kid named Dante Pereira. Oh, Mark Maron. Mark Maron? I love him. I love him. He's so sassy. Um, Francis Conroy, is that who you're thinking Francis of? Francis Conroy is who I'm thinking of. Um, and Josh Pace. Josh Pace. I love him as too. Wasn't he on Heroes? Or he was on Once Upon a Time? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't watch okay, Heroes. Heroes some... sucked. <laughs> no. The first season of Heroes was great. Second season, it started sucking. Mark Marin is the guy from that chick wrestler Thing. Glow. Glow. Yeah, Mark Maron's great. Yeah, he's also there. a stand-up comedian. I like him. I would see all his shows. You should open for him. Okay. He should open for you. I'll be sure to tell him. <laughs> yeah, Francis Conroy. I love Francis Conroy. So they've got a good cast and a director I've never heard of. Um, but as I'm reading on my iPhone... Like pop sugars, there's some people that are a little bit pissed off. They're like, ah, "No, this looks like shit. It looks like the Batman purists are coming out to, to." Well, look, it has nothing to do with any of these other movies. Nothing to do with Justice League. Nothing to do with Suicide Squad. It's just another Joker in a long line of Jokers. It's a one-shot movie. It's not a franchise. Okay, to, what if we? Do, okay, no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. So what if we do? some standalone character studies of all the villains. This could be a new trend. We could have a new movie about the Penguin. We could have a new movie about the who? (laughs) (laughs) Help me. Penguin, Joker. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. No, no, no. Weren't there other bigger names? Poison Ivy. Let's do some psychological studies, but let's make them shorts. I don't think we need any more than the half hour of psychological study into these people. I think this is a new trend. I think we should go for it. Well, you know, hear that, Todd Phillips? I have to tell you, that that's the, what I want. Well, DC Universe versus Marvel Universe, Marvel Universe movies are more successful than the DC Cinematic Universe because they're trying to play catch up with Marvel. So they keep rushing everything, and they don't do a good job. DC's not doing a good job because they're trying to compete with Marvel. Well, I mean, that's true in life. So it's just... 
I've already, like I said, I've heard many horror stories about reshoots for this movie, that it's terrible, that they're trying to save it. It's still going to be released in theaters. Can the editors save it? Come oh, on, oh, editors, save the movie. The only reason movie. I'm looking forward to it is because it's going to be featured on this show. <laughs> yeah. And you know? I'm looking forward to it because it has a good cast. And it actually looks kind of interesting to me and I really like Joaquin Phoenix and I want to believe that he made a good choice I want to believe so badly and that Francis Conroy and Mr. Marin and he's Mr. Marin and that Joaquin made an an okay choice good choice okay choice I just want to know that they're not doing schlock no don't <laughs> let me down well you know we could all be surprised. I want to be surprised. I'm just telling you, it's probably going to be a shit show. <laughs> you know, you know, if you, what is that saying? Something about if you have no expectations, then you won't be disappointed. Right. Okay, then have no expectations and there's less chance of you being disappointed. You're going in saying, I'm going to be disappointed. No, my expectation is, I, well, I'm hoping that it's so bad it's good. <laughs> that, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Wow, because that's your, that's your, your thing. That's your jam. That, that is my thing. <laughs> and from that trailer, it looks like it just might be. It'll be right up there with Grease too, <laughs> and staying alive. <laughs> and there's no Batman in this movie. Well, there's a little Bruce Wayne. And there's Bruce Wayne's dad. Like a little Bruce Wayne? Oh, it's the little kid. Yeah. Oh, so literally a so, little well, Bruce in, Wayne. In, in the trailer where they, <laughs> they show Joaquin Phoenix putting his fingers in, in the kid's mouth, making him smile, that's little Bruce Wayne. So the Joker... No, uh, that's kind of gross. You put your fingers in a child's mouth? Ew. That you don't even know. That you don't even know? Yeah. Who does that? That's like... <laughs> that's That's... No... That's a bad director. That's a director just, no. Well, we don't know, because it's a trailer. It's like a two-second clip. Maybe he In said he was... In a two-minute trailer. Come here, little boy. I'm a dentist. Let me put my fingers in your mouth. Maybe he said, come here, little boy. I'm a sign-twirling clown. <laughs> come here, little boy. My fingers <laughs> taste like candy. <laughs> Let me put them in your mouth. Yeah. That's sick. That's sick. <laughs> Who would do that? Okay, now I'm hating Joaquin. All right. Well, we'll we'll give a final judgment when the Joker is released. You know I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be obsessed with the fingers in the child's mouth now. I hate you so much. <laughs> Cinema Puradiso is recorded in Burbank, California. Please follow us on Instagram at Cinema Puridiso.